Welcome to the week devoted to God. This, uh, I've been thinking all afternoon, this, this week truly is a marathon, not a sprint. So uh, we're, uh, we're in it for the long haul. Just be ready to hear what God has to say to you this week. Be a, be a part of it. Here's the, the thing that I also believe is that during this week, it's not just one person. Uh, or even one person at a time who has has uh, the word for uh, for the moment. Be ready to be used by God. We, I trust your your anointing. I trust your characters. I trust you. I trust the Holy Ghost in you. Be led, and if the Holy Spirit has you do something, do it with all of your heart. Amen. And it will be good. So let's stand. We'll begin. We'll pray, and then we'll. We will uh, begin to worship. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this night. We thank you for this week. And Lord, we do continue to give you this week. We devote this week to you. Father, we come tonight and we have all kinds of desires. We have all kinds of ideas, all kinds of plans. But Father, we want this to be truly a week devoted to you. For you to... Move however you want, to speak however you want, to minister however you want, to do whatever you want, to speak to us how you want and when and through whom. Father, thank you that you've called us together today. You've called us by your name. And I pray, Father, that you'll continue to lead us and guide us throughout this week for your glory. Father God, we open our hearts tonight as a congregation into the spirit realm for things need to be said here Father God that are going to shake mold and bring about greater glory greater presence for truly the greater one is at work in the earth Holy Spirit, we yield, this congregation yields, the pastorship yields, the different giftings yield to you. You're as much as Lord of all as Christ is. You're here to do His glory, to do His design. May this night and the things that are said here be generated in the spirit realm by you for his glory to your to your direction to your perfection to your greatness Jesus we yield to you and we all agree in Jesus name amen you may be seated There's been said things said here today in the earlier service about the beginning. And uh, Pastor Dan and Claudia are here tonight. And uh, they carry a, a position, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And uh, the fivefold ministry, especially in the area of the apostle, is a sent one and he establishes and goes and starts churches. Not that other people can't, but that's basically a call that is on the apostle's life. And that's what Jesus was called apostle, and there's a whole bunch of others called apostles. If somebody gets in the pulpit and they're preaching the word of God, and uh, you get your focus on them instead on the word and, and you're on the person, you can miss what the Spirit of God is saying because it's not about a man or a woman. It's about what's coming out in the spirit realm. Amen. And uh, I believe I've been directed tonight to say some things by the Spirit of God, some things that have come to me in a sense of uh, inspiration by Him. And uh, some of you may know who Brother Kenneth Hagin was. 
And uh, he, in his life, went through four phases. And a number of years before he passed on, he said he was in the fourth phase of his ministry. He said that he was in the ministry for 15 years and he started his first phase of his ministry then. He said that there was many people, many ministers, that never got even through the first phase. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning. I heard today in 1988 there was a beginning here. Pastor Dan had come from another church where there was another beginning. But there was a beginning here. 2019 is a refreshing and another beginning. For there are many. If a person is walking with God. There's been many different phases in my life, and there has been in the lives of people here, but there's never anything greater than a phase of God for a person's life. For truly when it says, and I'm reading it in my Bible right now in verse chapter 1 of Genesis, in the beginning God created. Who do you think created this place? Who, who do you think did it? It's him, all him, Amen. and it should be all him. And in us, it should be all him. Now, that's a difficult task to get rid of self. I'd like to have you turn over to Thessalonians chapter, last chapter of Thessalonians. What I love about the Bible is that you can always count it to be truth. Amen. That God be true and every man a liar. That's a scripture, by the way. And it's interesting. When you step into something that's God, you're something, stepping into something that's perfect. Because God is perfect. When man steps in, he brings an imperfect with him. For the flesh fights against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary one to another. That's what the scripture says. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Rejoice forevermore, pray without ceasing. In everything giving thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Concerning who? That's you and me. Now, somebody say, what's the will of God? It just said you right here, didn't it? Verse 19, quench not the spirit. Over the years when I was on staff at Living Word Christian Center in Brooklyn Park and did many uh, visits to Rama Bible Training Center, and seen a lot of the moves of the Spirit. Again, when there's a quenching of the Spirit, you're going to shut down the anointing. Amen. I said to Pastor Dan this afternoon when I walked into the church, I said, uh, quenching the Spirit is something, if you have a tree and you don't water it, what's it going to happen to the tree? It's going to die. They said last a couple of years in California that if it didn't rain, the redwoods would die. Why? Because they weren't being watered. The Holy Spirit is like water. He needs to water us. I've overwatered trees and stuff, uh, flowers that we've been given. It didn't take long for me to kill them. But I can tell you, we'll never be overwatered by the Holy Spirit. It's unlimited. It's interesting because the Lord spoke to me specifically this week inside of me about a particular verse. And we will get there. And it has to do about this church, 
about the anointing on this church and the direction of this church and the people that are in it. One translation of verse 19 says, Do not stifle the utterance of the Spirit. One says, Do not extinguish the Spirit's fire. So is 2019 going to be a time where we're going to let him flow and let him go? Is it going to be that type of year for us? For inside of me, I yearn for that. I said to Pastor Dan today, I said, how many pastors and how many churches have went back to tradition of being frozen chosen? Churches with straitjackets on. When I worked in the, with the government, every once in a while I'd had to put straitjackets on kids that were so out of order that they would try and kill themselves. And once I got the straitjacket on them, they couldn't do, they couldn't move. Only thing they could do was breathe. I had them subdued. Do we want to subdue the Holy Spirit? Are we going to move with him? Because he's been moving all this year. Amen. He's been moving in directions that are astounding and beautiful. And we need to let him move. We need to be in tune with him to let him move. We need to give him the permission to do what other churches won't allow. And other, and other denominations won't have. Isn't that true, Pastor? Amen. Despise not prophesying in verse 20. In verse 21 it says, Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. 22 says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit's soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 1. Remember, you're to prove all things. There's pastors in the room here. There's people that know a lot about the Bible here. And anything that comes from the pulpit, you should be checking it out. And how do you do that? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. It's the Word. It's the power of the Word. It's what God says. It's what God does. It's what God sends. And what God means. Remember, it's not the man. It's not the woman. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance, but they're of God. You know, grace is an empowering thing for the, for the anointing. Grace brings the power. Uh, Paul said, uh, the grace given to me, the grace bestowed upon me to be a wise master builder. As we step into 2019, think about what these scriptures are going to say here. But grace is a, com a growing commodity as, as long as you're taking in it and knowledge together. And where does it say that? It says it in 2 Peter chapter 1, and we'll start reading. For Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that are uh, obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied. Now, it doesn't say multiply. Now, if, if you're going to have many children, you're multiplying, right? It, multiply, multiplication means multiplying. And it can be multiplied. And how is it multiplied? through knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. And we're a church ordained to keep growing in grace because God has started, and what He starts, He's going to finish. Yes. Amen. 
Everyone in this room is called into the stepping into this, stepping in, in, into the decision either to follow or not follow. I've made a lot of decisions in my life, but the greatest decision I made was following and having Jesus come into my heart. The second greatest decision was my wife. Then I got a, 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 a three daughters that are just great pluses to that union. According to his divine power hath given unto us, that all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby given unto us exceedingly great and precious promise that by these ye might be a partaker of the divine nature. Two thousand nineteen, as we step into it right now, as this foundation is being laid here. And by the way, there is a number of ministers that come here, including myself. I have a ministry. It's a five hundred one c three. I've had it for over twenty years, but I have to fit somewhere and sit under a man and a pastorship like this for it to work properly. There's no independent ministries. There's no independent anybody. And if they are, they're not part of the body of Christ. When he said today they come back to their own company, that means that that traveling minister, that means that one that's out there needs to have their own company. And if they don't have it, they're arrogant. Amen. I hear all kinds of amens. If you want to get up and run over the pews, go for it. I won't stop you. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's the way the church should be. I've seen all kinds of running, all kinds of stuff in my life, and I walk into a church, and if the, if they, if the church, if the pastor will let him breathe, that's a miracle. <laughs> that ain't this church. This isn't this. We've not been raised that way, have we, Dan? That's right. We've not been brought into this that way. I went to a church, and me and Mary were sitting in the pew, and, and the head usher started rolling down the aisle. I have never seen anything like it. His name was Phil Wynn. I seen him roll up the aisle and down the aisle. And I said, this guy's wasn't even smoking. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Yeah. I've seen all kinds of stuff. I said to my wife, this is a bunch of phony baloney. And a man by the name of Mark Thomas was preaching. I went up on the stage at North Hennepin Junior College. I got right in front of him. And he's coming down, laying hands on people. They're falling down. I'm thinking, did he punch them? What's going on here? He got in front of me. I spread my legs. And I said in my mind, okay, sucker, where's the power? So I, Mary and her mother were sitting in the, in, the, in the pew, in the seats in this auditorium at North Hennepin Junior College. And I walked back and I had kind of this smunky uh, grin on my face. I was just getting ready to say it's a bunch of phony baloney and I had to hold on to the chair or I would have fell over. <laughs> in my lightning mind, I thought, what was that? <laughs> I had an encounter with God. I had something important happen to me. He's real. Yes, he's real. Yes. And he's real in this church, in this destiny, for this time, for this purpose. Amen. Get a hold of real. Pinch yourself. Yeah, I am real. Because grace can grow. I'd like to have you turn over to to Joel chapter 3. I've never had this happen to me before over any type of scripture. I've never had this happen in all the 30 some years I've been born again. But if this is missed by, by this church, you're missing one of the greatest uh, affirmations of the Word of God in any, in any church I've been in, including living Word. Verse 14 of Joel chapter 3. 
God spoke to me about this scripture. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And I said, what valley are you talking about? He said, this valley. This valley. Again, go back to the scripture. I didn't write it. The Holy Spirit put it down. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Interesting that it's River Valley Christian Church. Interesting about how the legalism, uh, the legal process to put the valley, the papers together. About the name. Yes, River Valley. I thought, Lord, I'm in the middle of the night and I'm thinking about this scripture just kind of floated into my mind. And then I remembered something really unusual. I was driving truck in 1968 at a church called American Lumber Company. And I come home and I was walked in the door and I heard this voice saying, they're in the valley of decision. They're in the valley of decision. It was Billy Graham having a crusade, and he was quoting this scripture. Last night, or not last night, but a couple nights ago, when it come back to me, the Lord said there's Christians in major positions right now that are in a valley of decision, and it will be that way until I return. Decisions on this and decisions on that. And they need to pray to make the right decisions. If they miss it, it's going to cost them. I was listening to a tape recently by Brother Hagen. And he was at a meeting and there was a bunch of uh, students there. And he was evidently walking back and forth while he was preaching. And he stopped and he said, Three of you won't be here next year at the next meeting. You're going to die. And within one week, one was dead. Decisions. Because our government is going through a massive amount of decisions and all of most of Christianity in denominations are going to decisions. What's going to be kept? What's going to be thrown out? What are we going to keep that's Christ? And what are we going to keep that we want? They're all decisions, aren't they? This church has made a decision to go on to press on to 24 new churches. This church has pressed on to grab a hold of the mantle that's been delivered to it by this couple here because of what Christ did through them. They'll both say to you, we're just people. And they're right, they are. But God works through people. Amen. He says we're to pay double honor, actually. One time I was in a room counseling somebody at Living Word and I started yelling and stuff like that and I walked out and Lynn Hammond was standing there and she pointed her finger at me. She said, buddy, you were in the flesh in there. And I looked at her and I said, Lynn, you're absolutely right and I'm going to pay you double honor because you told me the truth. I would do you no honor by lying to you we got a calling and a purpose and a decision to make this year on many planes. It's not been an easy year. It's been a lot of warfare. But with that warfare comes decisions to do what the Holy Spirit want, wants, and they cause great, great uh, victories, great triumphs. It's interesting about the valley of decision. Because the valley of decision, all these scriptures here in verse 14 basically have to do with winning souls. 
I've read a lot of commentaries about this. I went in there looking at the commentaries have to be about the decision of people making for Christ. But also the Holy Spirit was talking to me about the decisions that Christians make in their direction for their life. I owned a condominium in Brooklyn Park, and I had been coming here. I traveled in 1960, 2006, with Robin and this church to over to uh, England. And uh, after that, I traveled a number of times with Robin, and we've done a lot of outreaches in different parts of the world in the uh, traveling. And I was going to a church, and they got off doctrinally. And so I was thinking about where to go. And so I put my condominium up for sale. We were coming here, driving all the way from Brooklyn Park, and I put it up for sale. They said there's somebody from Africa that wants to buy it with cash. They only got so much cash, they're going to lose some money. I said, sell it. I'm supposed to go. And that's what I did. I didn't make any money. Matter of fact, at the closing, I lost money. But I did what God told me to do. Amen. And the people in here, you need to do what God's telling you to do. You need to serve Him. When John said, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. It's not about pleasing the pastorship here. It's what you want to do to please Christ. For that will ultimately please what's going on in the direction, in the ministry of this church. Almost to a T, there's every major ministry talking at some level that we're in the last of the last days. We're in the last hours of this dispensation. You might as well grasp a hold of it. You may not believe it, but it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Amen. Jesus is coming back. Amen. And it's intimate. It is, it's it's going to happen quickly when he does. A trumpet will sound, and you're just going to look, and you're going to be beamed up to the enterprise. <laughs> and I want to go. Amen. I have my ties to this earth are, are absolutely over. What keeps me here is the valley of decision. Because there's people, wherever I go, I'm looking at that decision is going to be made whether if I say something, they're going to respond one way or the other. If I say nothing, they can't respond. Amen. I've witnessed to a lot of different people over the years, a lot of different circumstances. I've seen a lot of really tough people come to the Lord. I've said stuff to people that's really tough. And when I got done saying, I said, I said to myself, I can't believe I said that. And sometimes the Holy Spirit said to me, I can't believe you said it either. <laughs> I'd like to have you turn over to Luke chapter 8, verse 36. We're going to read about decisions here. I can't tell you in the spirit how important you are. Each person in this room is a jewel created by God, like a diamond. A diamond has lots of cuts to it, but it always sparkles when you turn it different ways. And I look at people a lot of times, and they're sparkling, and they don't know it. I've said to people like Pastor, do you know how special you are and how much God loves you? And I've had them say to me, who are you talking to? I said, I'm looking at you, even though I got one eye. And people are just absolutely astounded when they hear that. There's been several times I've had encounters with women of the night or women that are lost. And the compassion in my heart for them is almost overwhelming. I had to keep talking. I couldn't let my emotions dictate what I, was, what I was seeing because they were telling me that they were worthless. This last Christmas, 
I mean, there's been seven Christmases I was locked up and I lived in a six by nine cell for uh, on a 13 month period there and uh, in uh, 1960s. And it was a time that was difficult for me because loneliness racked me inside and I was lost with family. My family was torn apart. And again, here I am in prison and I've got nowhere to go, nothing to find, no place to settle. And yet there was a Christ waiting for me. He's patient. Not only is he patient, but he's absolutely phenomenal in dealing with stupid. <laughs> Let's read this story. This is such a marvelous thing to me. In verse 36, it said, One of the Pharisees desired him, that is Jesus, that he'd eat with him. Now we're going to look at these on a decision-making process. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down for meat. And behold, a woman of the city, which was a sinner. Now do you think that she knew that she was a sinner? Do you think, I mean, we're going to read that she's basically the low of low. And again, we're going to read about her. And she's made a decision. She's heard about this guy going around raising people from the dead. He's heard about him going into towns and the whole town gets healed. And she's going to do something here on a decision. Remember, we're talking about decisions in the valley of decision. And you're going to have valleys in your life where you're going to have to make a decision. And they're going to keep coming year after year, as long as we're alive. And behold, the woman in the city, which was a sinner, a woman who was an outcast of the town, one translation says. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them away with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed with the anointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake, he, now he's going to make a decision. The Pharisee is going to make a decision within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is and, touch, and touched him. Decisions are being made here. You've got one religious person. And I had people say to me, you don't belong in church. You look at your past. I had a pastor sitting next to me one day and in a meeting with six pastors. And he said, I hear you had a tough life. Just give me one incident where it was tough for you. I said, I was drunk one night and my older brother said, well, I need to make some money on the railroad. He said, would you run me over with the car, Vern? And I got in my car and run my brother right over. And the, and the pastor looked at me and said, my God, man, I was no sinner like that. Later on, I heard a scripture, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory. I said to the Lord, uh, what did I just run into? I run into a Pharisee. Remember, they always thought they were better. We're talking about a woman of the street. Coming in and our master is sitting there and she's down there kissing and washing his feet. Did he not know? Did he not know who she was? Sure he did. That's what's so unique about this church and our calling. That's what's so wonderful about who we are and what we're to do. For they are welcome here, right I'm glad you didn't get up and throw me out. <laughs> because that's what's going to be coming in as things get tougher, as the world gets tougher, as the decisions get more out of whack 
and as our government, as the world gets, you know where they're going to come? They're going to come to civility. They're going to come to the love. They're going to come to the people. That's us. Isn't that right, Pastor? I had a woman say to me one night, don't touch me. You don't know what you're touching, mister. And I looked at her eyes. She was 19 years old. She had no teeth in her mouth. And I looked at her, and all I seen was beauty. Because I wasn't looking at her. But them days, I had two eyes. And one of the things I thought, if she just knows, if she can just get, so I start talking, not with my head, but with my spirit. There's a difference between the two. And I've learned it over the years. You know, to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God is a wonderful thing, but we'll never make it in this life. We haven't got enough time to learn all that God is, but we can certainly press into the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 40. Jesus answering and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most. Simon answered and said, I suppose it is he to whom is forgiven the most. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Remember, Simon made a decision to say which one he was going to judge, and it was the one that was forgiven the most. Decisions. A lot of decisions are being made in these scriptures. He said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. In verse 44, And Jesus turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Interesting, See thou this woman, I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head, gave me no kiss, thou gave me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. I've often wondered as I have read these scriptures, how it would be, say I was sitting on a tram going to Minneapolis from downtown St. Paul, and some woman got down on the floor, took my shoes off, and started kissing my feet. I'd be calling it the nutty farm is what I'd be doing. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't take that. Could you? And yet Jesus is not interfering with her. He has so much love for this lost woman, for this sinner, that he's not moved at all because he's got a task. He's got a decision. Jesus Christ has a decision to make. How about you? I have fought battles in my mind after I got saved because my life was just a mess from top to bottom. Raised in a home of craziness, trying to deal with that battle going on inside of me every day. My wife watched me go through it, running at night, trying to deal with, with me, and I couldn't deal with me. The only one that could deal with me was God. This woman was the same way. The only one that could deal with her is Christ, and he knew it. And yet he treated her. Look at the way he's treating her. And yet look at the way he treats the religious man. All kinds of decisions going on. Thank God our God is perfect. Thank God that His decisions are always yes and amen for us when we mess up. Thank God He gives us 1 John 1 9, like John has taught. We can come boldly to Him and receive forgiveness. I didn't even know what that meant at one time. 
Verse 47, Therefore I say unto thee, her sins which yet are many are forgiven her, for she loved much. The direction of this church is going because the church loves much. The direction this church is going because there's a, a call to do the ministry in here, inside of this area, in the, in the valley, and then there's a call to go outside as God leads. But it all starts in here with our hearts, with who we are, how we're prepared, and what we're willing to give. And we're, are we willing to give it all, so to speak, because the all is going to take what it, what it needs to build what God wants built here. I just read a story there. They built this big building. It's 40 stories high somewhere. It's got cracks going on. They don't know if you know it's going to fall over any time because they built it wrong. God's building this one with no cracks. Amen. You hear that? God's building this one with no cracks. Jesus in verse 48 says unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat with meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that can forgive sins also? He said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. That's our Savior. That's our Savior. That's who we serve. That's our Savior. It's interesting because if we take and we weigh the calling and the, and the decisions for this next year that he's going to be involved with, there's other men here that are involved giving him information about the decisions he's going to be made. There'll be decisions about Prescott. There'll be decisions about the next planting of the next church. And it's all going to take us together. Prayer on your part, praying that the right decisions will be made and the right direction will be made because we we need to keep growing. It's God's call. It's His decision to do here what He needs to do. We're going to get bigger. I don't like gaining weight. I don't want to get bigger there. But the church is going to get bigger. And the church is on the big move. And you need to listen to what's being said here. The decision, we're in the valley, we're in the river valley. The decision by God is to move here, to do here, to use this church, not because we're something unique or, or special, so to speak. It's because He's designed it. That makes us special. It's His decision. I like that. I'm not going to argue with them about it. I just want to do it. How about you? How about you? God uses me in, in different areas. I'm not a pastor of a church. But there's a transfer that needs to happen here tonight. And that transfer is the decision to give your life, to give your direction the best you know how to Him. I got a calling in the area of evangelism. I am to lay on hands on anybody that wants that, that power for it's to keep going this year, next year, until we complete what we need to do. Are you involved with that? Are you ready to move with Him? Amen. I am. You know, how would you like to have the Minnesota Vikings with a coach if you got the team together and they're all in the locker room and he says, today we're all going to lose. I don't want nobody to go out on the field with any equipment on. We're just going to go out there and quit. We'll lay down and give up. <laughs> You're at the wrong place for that type of coaching. He teaches Carl McGraw when somebody comes in, a 100-pound girl, he's going to teach her how to rip the eyeballs out of this perpetrator, and he's going to, he's going to teach her how to win. Amen. That's his calling here. That's his calling. And we should have the same attitude. We're going to win. In him, we live and move and have our being. We're winners. Amen. If you don't like to be called that, you're going to have to argue with me because I'm going to keep telling you every time I see you anyway. You're a winner. Amen. You got God on your side. Amen. Could you ever convince him he's not a winner? Have at it. 
because I'm not even going to approach them that way. I challenge them. You know, I was a jerk. Change me. He said, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, you don't want to talk to God that way. He'll start doing things miraculous. I said to God, I don't know how to love anybody. I said, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how to love my wife and my three children. I said, will you help me? Well, he did. What a process to learn how to love. What a, what a wonderful practice to be involved with, to practicing all the time love on people. Especially your wife and children. That should be the number one place. How great is the church? I'm going to give you a clue. The church is greater than our government. The church is the greatest thing on the earth. The greatest established, the greatest organism, the greatest power lies right in you. Just look. I said to this little kid after he got born out on the street, I said, you can talk to your stomach. Jesus is in there now. And he said, what do you mean? I said, just go, hi, Jesus. I know you're in there. And these little group of little kids, were they're all laughing at me. But isn't that the truth? Amen. Why River Valley? I have no clue. That's his business. I'm just glad he is. I'm glad he's doing. I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that we got a process. I'm glad 2019 is starting out with a year of 2018 of all kinds of stress, all kinds of battles, and yet look at where we're at. We got a new building starting. We got all kinds of things happening. We got a new church in Prescott. Another one's going to open up wherever Pastor John is told it's going to start. We're going to keep attacking hell and keep stealing people from the devil. Amen. Well, I almost started running there. Woo! <laughs> Glory to God. I, I, I'm really excited about this. I'm looking out there and saying, people. <laughs> well, that's different. Because I don't have that. You know, battle's been so tough at times this last year. I told Mary I was going to run away from home. She said, where are you going to run? I said, I don't know. But she said, you might as well get in bed and go to sleep. I thought, That's, you might, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Isn't that what I said to you? Because it's just been, at times it's almost been insurmountable. But God's on the scene. God's there to help. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. If you will allow the Holy Spirit, it has nothing, so to speak, I'm just a vessel. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to touch you and add to you, He wants to give you more. I said to these, these Mormons one night at coming to the church, I had my hands up like this, and I said, we'll see whose God is greater, your devil or my God. And I had my hands up like that, and they ran for the door. <laughs> I heard one guy say, he's nuts. <laughs> I wasn't going to argue with him. I was going to see but the Holy Spirit, come and see how good God is. Amen. Come and look and see. There's a demonstration of the Spirit with power. It's not about the individual. It's about the grace that God will give you. It's about the anointing of Him, not about a man. Amen. Jesus said to Joshua, Moses is dead. Isn't that what He said? That means Joshua was going to be transferred. There's more to be done here this year. There's things that have to be accomplished by the direction of God, the purpose of God. We are called to be a congregation that stands in unity and no divisions because Pastor John needs to have the ability to look back him and see an army behind him willing to fight. Amen. And this means women too. Amen. And children too. Amen. Because we're a family. And I'm, sad, I'm glad you asked me, where does it say we're a family? Turn over to Ephesians. 
You know, I seen that one day I walked into 7-Eleven. They had this big rack there with uh, these uh, cheap magazines and stuff. And I seen a new an advertisement there in the Acquirement, Acquirer magazine or whatever, just a cheap one. It says, Pastor blows up at the, at the pulpit for, with the anointing. <laughs> That's what it said. He blew up because of the anointing. Yeah, I thought that's really a great, that's a wonderful thing. Somebody to blow up because they're so anointed by God, they just blow up. And somebody said to me, you better watch out, Vern, he's going to get you. <laughs> that's funny. You know, I was so wild for the devil. One time I got drunk in, in North Minneapolis and there was a Methodist church there. I went over and kicked the door in and they had one of these pop machines that you could slide the bottles down and you had to pull them up when you put a coin in. I tore the whole thing apart just to get some pop out of there to, to mix it with my liquor. And so I tore that up and on the way out I grabbed a bunch of fire extinguishers and I had like three of them and they were liquid. So I walked down the alley where my mom and dad lived and I'm shooting cars. And the next day I come out and looked and where I shot them with the fire extinguisher, all the paint was gone. And I'm thinking, when I walked in to speak to Word Church, and I'm thinking about all, all this stuff where I uh, was threatening Christians to beat them if they talked to me about Jesus. And yet there was a grace and a love there for me that was so powerful that it can't be put into, into words. How could that be when I treated him like that? How could it be that way? What would God, how could God do that and wait for me? when I threatened to beat people, and yet when I went to the altar and I'm, I'm on my knees, there was a power there. People said, I don't even know if I had any bones in my body. I couldn't even stand. I don't, I, to this day, I don't know what happened to me in a sense of that type of power, but I've said to pastors about what happened, and they said, I don't know if God's got that. I said, well, it certainly wasn't the devil. You gotta believe in that. You gotta believe it's not a fairy tale about Jesus. Rick Renner teaches he was in St. Petersburg, Russia, and they had all these great paintings of Jesus, and they had the big painting up there by the masters, and it had Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and underneath there was a little plaque that said, The fairy tale of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And a lot of Christians, you can say, I've seen the miraculous happen, and they think it's a fairy tale. You've got to believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. This church is a seeker. This church is a finder. It says, seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And this is across the board. It's something we need to keep coming to God to, for the power to work through the ministry. For there's a whole bunch of people out there dying in the valley. That's what the Bible says. And I was going to Ephesians, and I get wrapped up, and I don't even know where I get going sometimes. In Ephesians chapter, I think it's chapter 3. For this cause I bow my knees unto the God and Father, verse 14 of whom the whole family, now listen to this, in heaven and earth is named. That's how his family. I, I find friendship some of the most important things I've ever found in Christ when I have friends. I was not trustworthy at one time in any way or former manner. But I want to be now because it's a fruit of the Spirit to me. If you desire more, 
I'd like to have you come forward. I need to lay hands on you and give you what God has got, not Vern. It's not about me. Kenneth Hagin come to Living Word one time and Pastor Mac was on the pulpit. And he said these words. There's a mighty great man out there. He's just this powerhouse God. Said all kinds of things. And Brother Hagin got up. He said, I'm a little man with a great God. I'm a little man with a great God. This is a church with a great God. A great calling and a great purpose. And if we'll yield to the Spirit and stay in unity and be friends towards one another, that means we can miss it. But we need to be forgiven. We need to be restored. Right now in our government, there's no ministry of reconciliation going. All they know is division. That's not us. The Bible says we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. If you will come forward, whoever you are, I'd like to lay hands on you. But remember, if you come forward, you might get something from God. You might get power. That's great. So come forward. I'm not going to run out of gas because God don't run out of gas. Now, I don't need to spend a lot of time with you because it's not about me. It's about the name. And I want to give you the deposit that God wants to give you. This won't leave in 2019. This is given to you because the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Do you hear what the Scripture says? They're irrevocable. This needs to be done. I knew that. I knew that by the Spirit because we're going higher. The direction is higher. The direction is more power. The direction is God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive. In the name, you're going to have to be power in Jesus' name. Power in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, power, in the name of Jesus, more. Give it to her, God, and get her, get her, get her. Woo! More getting. Oh, boy. Whoa. Glory to God in the name of Jesus, more, 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 more than you've ever had before. Yeah, more, more. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, strength you've never had before, power in Jesus' name. Get Him, God. Get Him. Get Him, get Him, get Him. Get Him. Get Him in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. Oh God. In the name more. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Out of your mind, buddy, and into the Spirit. Into the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. Completion. 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 To completion. To completion. Oh, the completion. Oh, there's a completion here. Oh, my, my. Oh, the high places. Oh, you're going to walk. Oh, God's design. Higher in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. More in the name. In the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, giftings on this girl. Giftings, Father God, that will take her all of her life. Giftings, 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 plural, giftings, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit teaching, teaching, teaching. Give it to the mom and dad. Give it to the mom and dad. This boy, this boy, this boy. Bless him, bless this family. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Ricky. In the name of Jesus. Strengthen your mortal body, Ricky. Strength, strength that you've not had before. Over your heart, over your vessels, over your, over your total, over your total body. In Jesus' name. Completion here. Decisions, God. Decisions, decisions, decisions. And his mind settled. He's going home with it settled. Going home with it settled. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name. More gifts than he's had before. More, more. Oh, glory to God. Ooh. Glory to God. What are you doing? God. Glory to God. John. In the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus. There's an addition, an addition, not the building, addition to Him. Not the building, not that addition, but addition, adding to God in the name of yeah. Jesus Christ, an addition to His ministry in calling. An absolute addition that He's not had before. In clarity, clarity, clarity in revelation. Clarity in Jesus' name. Are you, I'll come to you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, what a gift. What a calling. What a purpose your life is, Pastor Dan. We honor you. You're, you're a unique, unique gift. Unique by God's design. We pay you double honor and be filled and strengthened in your mortal body. Healing through the top of your head to the bottom of your feet in Jesus' name. More than you've ever had before. More. The end will be greater than the beginning. Amen. The end will be greater than the beginning. Amen. Thank you. I had an interesting thing. He just called you sweetheart. <laughs> Father God, in the name of Jesus, over her spirit, soul, and body, she listens intently. But Father God, we claim a healing. Healing in every fiber and every cell in her is healed in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against her will prosper. Amen. In the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. So special. So Amen. gifted. So unique. In Jesus' name. She doesn't like to get up in front of people. <laughs> yep. Thank you, congregation, for letting me speak tonight for letting me give you what I believe God has given to me. Me and Mary bow our hearts to you and thank you for letting us be part of you. In Jesus' name, we are thankful. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Pastor John. Hallelujah. That's been a good first day so far, amen. It's a good a good start. We uh one of the prayers that I've been praying over the last few weeks is that we uh we don't have to go back to the beginning to start all over. We we just pick up where we left off last year. And I do believe we have done so. So let's all stand. Remember, 10 o'clock in the morning prayer, 2 o'clock in the afternoon prayer, and 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening, I believe, I'm the one who put the schedule together, but I don't remember exactly, but I believe it is Roger Myrna Eilers tomorrow evening. So glory to God. It's going to be a good, good day and good night. Father, we come before you and we just thank you that this week devoted to you 
is not broken up into pieces. It's not just the time set. Father, we, in my heart and in our hearts, Father, this week, this whole week, is devoted to you. Father, I pray for tonight, as we go to bed, as we are sleeping, as we're woken up and and thinking and, and seeking you, Father, that this whole week will change us forever. It'll bring us deeper into your knowledge, bring us deeper into your presence every minute of this week. Father, we do truly give it to you, devoted to you, in Jesus' name, amen.